there's all different forms of jihad. Jihad of the tongue, if someone's lying, you're supposed to step up and you're supposed to, you know, get, you're supposed to intervene, which is where I always usually get in trouble. What you're saying is I'm engaging in jihad of the tongue every time I get on a podcast with you. <laughs> well, essentially, I mean, that's, you know, there's a, there's a jihad of the tongue is, is really, it's, it's perfect for New Yorkers because it basically says you have a license to not mind your own business. That's what it says. You know? So that's, you know, and I can't, that's, that's my affliction. That, that harmonizes I'm with a, your native culture, doesn't it? Really well. Yeah. I, you know, as a New Yorker, you know, I, I can't mind my own business. Welcome back to Crossing Phase, the first podcast featuring a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics. Your co-hosts are me, Matt Hawkins, a once policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my friend John Pinna, former director of government and international relations for the American Islamic Congress. John joins me out of our multiple worldwide studios from upstate New York, I think. Is that right? You're in upstate right now? As far as you know. As far as you know. A non-disclosed location. Well, it's, it's Corona, you know, we, we're, we're quarantined. <laughs> Although I do believe that no one understands what a quarantine is. Right. Because <laughs> a quarantine isn't just not working, staying at home, ordering takeout. Because the second you get that takeout, you broke the quarantine. It's quarantine light. Uh, if you're well, not yeah, it's, <laughs> already listening to us on uh, any of these outlets, we're on crossingface.com at any time. Also, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. We're also on the Twitter, at MTHawk, at JT Pinna, at Crossing Phase, and on Facebook, slash Crossing Faiths, and on Instagram recently. Um, although, we rarely have pictures together, John, but we're at Crossing phase, crossing dot phase at, at Instagram. Uh, we're going to get, uh, we're going to have some fun today. Um it's a little. It's kind of a squishy topic, wouldn't you say? Uh, we we yeah, got to define I mean, I some think, terms or, or try to work towards defining some terms. Well, as a New Yorker, you know, I'm just redefining terms. You know, I, I call it religious exceptionalism. Uh-huh. So we're not sure what. Uh, I'm not sure what the formal terminology is, but yeah, yeah, the sure. idea that your faith or anybody's faith is everybody else's faith is on one side. Yeah. And your faith is on the other side. Okay. Um, and for years, you know, you know, your, 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 your tribe struggled with this, with the, even within the, just within the Protestants, forget about the Reformation, mm-hmm. the evangelicals don't like other evangelicals, right. essentially. That's, that's why all of, our, say, all of our churches are you know, autonomous. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and it, I think it's a great model. It's like, everybody's autonomous. It's the same, same model in Islam. Everyone's autonomous. There's no centralized body. Uh-huh. So everybody can do their thing, which is why we get the Aaron uh, Imam that goes off in, into the wilds. But it, it's the, 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 I was reading this stuff on the, on the, on the web and going back and forth about a couple different things. One is, is that I'm, I'm writing this article for freedom, religion and belief in Afghanistan. And, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of the, the Afghan government and, uh-huh. and reading through articles. And it was this one paragraph that jumped out at me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it stuck in the back of my head while I was trolling online and I was seeing, you know, all these people talking about going to church because they're Christian, Jesus can protect them. Uh-huh. And they just going to, go church to church in the context of the uh, pandemic is, is the- in the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the same, but the same thing's happening with the Muslims, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm watching all these different groups go, uh, talk about Muslims in different countries going, and even here saying we want to go to, to to mosque, we want to we want to salat out, we want to pray, and and everybody's saying, well, it, there's an interesting 
duality that if a Muslim goes to a mosque to pray and gets into a group, they're spreading corona and they're terrorists. If Christians go to church, they're just crazy uh-huh. during the pandemic. So there's a <laughs> and I I had a I had a, a one of the a dialogue with someone right at the beginning of the coronavirus, and I mentioned it in an early podcast where I just got slammed by this guy. He was telling me that even though it's a safety issue, they're exempt because he's Christian. And uh, and he his response was close, but no cigar. <laughs> I was, I got and I go, wow, that's that's not an argument. That's not an argument. It's just, just, <laughs> just slamming me. And so I just didn't know. And but he got liked and repeat, and it got you know spread around. You know, he got retweeted, and, and I thought, you know, I, look, I I want to go cancel culture, up. John. What's that? Welcome to cancel culture. Yeah. Well, you know. You he did. He just shut me down. I guess I go, okay. You know, it's like say it's like we were kids, but when someone did something you didn't like, and you said, well, you're fat. Well, you're ugly. You're stupid. You're t- you know, like, I, you know, I like got these, they're unarguable points, you know, it's just, okay. Maybe I, you know, so, and, but as we're get older, we get more reflective about it where we're like, maybe, maybe it was stupid. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe you it's are, not. But what am I? Yeah. You know, so, you know, rubber and glue, what was it? Sticks to you, that whole business. Bounce off of me and sticks to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, so anyways, so we're, I'm looking at this stuff and, and there's this, uh, I was reading one of these articles online about how, and, and this, this, this author, and you, you, we chatted a little bit about this. Uh, he, he mentions that because the prophet didn't predict the end days. He says that Islam is a superior religion yeah. to other religions. Uh-huh. Essentially, that was that's one, the basic one of the argument. Yeah, base of the argument, and uh, and 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 you know you can read it in Muslim Digest. We'll we'll post it on our on our on our website. And I go the, the danger. We all know the dangers of having every religion on one side and saying you're on the other. Yeah. So we know we know where that goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you guys fought the reformation on it. Um, Islam is in the middle of a fight right now with a, a, a cult that has predicted the end days. Yeah. ISIS says it's end days. Al Qaeda says it's end days. Uh-huh. And uh, and they're they're you know doomsday cults essentially in Islam. Um, and I would argue that they violated the the. the the maxims of Islam, some core tenets. For example, they declare jihad without adhering to the rules. Therefore, they cease to be Muslim. They can pray five times a day. They can do whatever they want, but they're, they're not Muslim anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but this guy falls into this this trap. So I wanted to, you know, I sent it to you, uh-huh. and then I started coming up with the term of religious exceptionalism, which uh-huh. may or may not uh, be may sufficient, may not be, but we're using it for now. Well, I'm sure there's a scholar or some nerd that's going to you know, slam us on it. But the article is is interesting because we all fall into this this logic trap of saying because there's this this core point uh, for exa- and in this example, the, the prophet doesn't predict the end of days. Right. We we're we're better. Um, we have and the statement is that um, what is thought of religion as one that denies people their capacity to think and act reasonably in every activity of life, whether religious or secular, social or spiritual, 
could apply to any religion, but not Islam. There's the, Unquote. we're on the other that, side. That, that you were just reading it, right? Yeah, I was just reading it. And right. so the credit goes to the frame of mind. To the, yeah, it goes to the frame of mind created by the Quran and the Hadith. And then, and I said to myself, you know, it, it's, first of all, why are we, I understand the other side of the trap. We all look for so many similarities that we don't sure. realize that there are differences. So yeah, there's sure. a whole nother side of that argument, sure. um, which I, I, I agree with that too. We, and you know, my argument, we are, you know, all Abrahamic. So, you know, same corporation, different division. Oh, yeah, the and challenge, we, and though, we went we went in depth, I think, on that on that side of the uh, challenge in our interview um, with our friend Robert Nicholson uh, last season. Yeah, I think so. We'll, I'll post that too. Um, so we've we've talked about kind of the yeah. other side of this uh, spectrum. Yeah. So so we talked about the other side, but in this case, it's it's the exceptionalism that, and and on, on the on the you know on the surface, it's. I can go to church or I can go to mosque. I can go to, to the masjid. I can go to the Imam Barga and I can do that because I'm Muslim, a good practicing Muslim and, or a good practicing Christian. And therefore I'm exempt from Corona, right? I can right. assemble somehow. But in this case, there's, he's trying to take a, a Quranic and a, and a Hadith uh, justification from the Hadith that says, this is shows that Islam is, is exceptional and it is exceptional, but no, but just as exceptional as any other religion, um, yeah. particularly Abrahamic, you know? And so I just, I, I when you read the article, let's hear yeah. your business. Well, and, and no doubt Islam is exceptional, uh, but it kind of depends on how, how we define and talk about it. What, so here's my first reaction to that opening paragraph of that, of that article. Um, what I see him doing as someone who is a believer in a religious faith, uh, but who is not Muslim, I see him taking the definition of religion, a negative definition, a negative definition of religion from secularists quote as one that denies people their capacity to think and act reasonably, blah, 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 unquote. So he's taking that argument that, that assault on people of all faith, he's cordoning it off for the sake of Islam, but then deploying it against everybody, every other, every other religion without sustaining right. it. Yeah. Right. And then, so that's my first takeaway. My second takeaway or my first second observation is I, you know, we dialogue every day about our different or not every day, but we dialogue frequently about our differences between, um, Christianity and, and Islam. Uh, I have no problem with you making the case um, for whatever you want to make about Islam, nor would I have a problem with this guy. But the problem is his his evidence that he that he tries to marshal for his point is basically focused on this one tendency of, I would say, new religious movements or religious cults to predict the precise end day. To predict when to predict when the uh, day of judgment is coming, right? And so, uh, and he says because the prophet did not uh, did not try to make that claim, it's superior to all other religions. And to his credit, like, sure, that's that's a, a worthy difference between most <laughs> sustained, certainly Abrahamic phase, uh, and uh, a lot of other phase. Uh, I presume a lot of Asian. Uh, Eastern religions uh, don't 
predict the end times or the end of days. Um, so he's not, I don't think Islam is all that set apart in his argument, except from cults that have withered and died. Right. Like the shakers and the, the Quakers, they had, they, 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 they felt there was a, an end of days. And then, you know, what, what are the most, what are the most prevalent, you know, peppering of, of doomsday cult. I, mean, I should say call calm cults. We shouldn't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe some of them are cults. Well, if it's, but I remember it, the, the, look, the shakers certainly were, yeah. uh, they thought the end of days was a certain amount of time. They said, right. we're going to, we're, we're just going to start converting everyone yeah. and we're not going to, you know, they're going to abstain from sex. And, uh, and so the Quakers, um, a lot of them died out, you know, the well, shakers. Um, I think we can, we can parse the difference between uh, a phase that acknowledge the coming of an of an end times, of a judgment day, of a last days, and those who I would put in the in the doomsday cult category, where they pick a particular right. date, right? April seventeenth, right. right? Well, so like a doomsday cult would be uh, like Jones, Jim Jones, and 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 his movement, right? So Jim Jones would be a doomsday cult. We can go down that road. Um, you know, I I would say Al Qaeda and and certainly. Uh, uh, ISIS or doomsday cults on, yeah. on, and, the, and, on the Muslim and, side. And with the Young Muslim and then, Digest article uh, references uh, Dorothy Martin, who was uh, a, psycho- a psychologist uh, under the pseudonym Martin Keach, right? And uh, she she thought it was going to be December twenty first, nineteen fifty four. The believers. I've talked to Jehovah's Witnesses. Aliens. Okay. Well. You know, okay, you know, all, all right, you know, as long as she's not hurting anybody, you know, okay, you know, so, so you know, what, what about the, because like, I know that Jehovah's Witnesses have a timeline. Okay. They showed I'm me not, a map that one I'm not time. as familiar. I think we may, you may have mentioned this before. Yeah, as we talked about, it, yeah, I mean, but, it's, but they're king, yeah, so, but that doesn't mean they're not doomsday, they just, they have an idea of their timeline to the end of the day. Yeah. Um, end of days, and and they have a plan uh, to convert everybody every Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> bring everybody on the fold, right? So, but you were you were you were troubled by this guy uh, setting Islam apart in an unhelpful way. Uh, while while yeah, I just fe- while on the other side of things, we yeah. have what we call the fever swamps of uh, right wing anti Muslim stuff that. Uh, picks and chooses and kind of cherry picks evidence that all of Islam is, is targeted towards destroying the West and, and all those kinds of things. Well, it just, here's the fact. And neither, neither matter that spectrum are helpful. Well, religions are like people. This is how, this is how I always try to explain people for coming out approach me. Oh, religions are kind of like people. When I was in my youth, I was a very different person than I am now. Right. And so it, it's a little bit amorphous. And because of the way in which you could if you took me, it took me from we were talking earlier about when I was in in AmeriCorps uh, and this is before we started recording. And, you know, I was very idealistic then, hustled a lot, took care of business and I was building hiking and biking trails all throughout the Hudson Valley. Uh, and. If you take that sliver of me and apply it to me now, I'm a very, I'm, I have the essence of that person, but I'm not that person anymore, 
right? Yeah. And religion is like that too. You know, it, it's it's not static. It's dynamic. I, I mean, my fundamentalist friends might disagree with me. But, um, you know, um, and part, would you would you would you agree there are parts of it that are static? I I do I mean I follow the idea that there are maxims in Islam. Okay. So there's certain there's certain components, and I believe this about every religion. You you may claim to be Muslim, but you're certainly you're certainly not if you're if you're violating the core tenets of, for example, jihad. Uh-huh. Jihad has very specific, explicit rules on how to how to declare war on someone. The first and foremost rule is. Is is uh you're you're supposed to be on the defense, so you can't attack unless someone attacks you, yeah. right? Yeah. So there has to be imminent danger of essentially eradication for you to act to lift to actually lift arms to hurt and harm someone, yeah. and that's where people say, well, Islam is a religion of peace. Well, it is, in, in, except for the instance of being oppressed. There's not a tradition of martyrdom. Like in Christian faiths, where it's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna preach out until someone hurts me, and then that example of me dying is going to be uh, revered. That that's martyrdom is different in Islam. It there is some there is some components of that, yeah. um, but it's only on if it meets a criteria, and that criteria means that you were sitting back. You were preaching peace and 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 preaching the, the core tenets of Islam, and and or just living your life like a normal person, and then someone an aggressor came in and did something. Yeah. That's that's the key. And there's all you know jihad. There's jihad al jung, which is there's all different forms of jihad. Jihad of the tongue. If someone's lying, you're supposed to step up and you're supposed to you know get you're supposed to intervene, uh-huh. which is where I always usually get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what you're saying is I'm engaging in jihad of the tongue every time I get on a podcast with you. <laughs> well, essentially, I mean, that's, the, you know, there's a, there's a jihad of the tongue is, is really, it's, it's perfect for New Yorkers because it basically says you have a license to not mind your own business. That's what it says. You know? So that's, you know, and I can't, that's, that's my, affliction. That, that harmonizes I'm with your big, native culture. Doesn't it really well? Yeah. I, you know, as a New Yorker, you know, I, I can't mind my own business. You know, I'm sitting out, I go, you know, I, I was I was just out today, and I was just out for a walk, and you know this family's going, and I'm going this this kid, this kid's got his fingers in his mouth. You know, it's Corona territory. I go, uh-huh. this kid comes up to me. I'm like, let me just cross the street. Then I look across the street, and I'm going, there's another family. And then they go, there's another. And I'm like, I'm ambushed. And I go, well, who do these people think they are that they're out? You know, and what uh-huh. what is this guy doing in this? So the challenge is that I think that when it comes to uh, the max, there's what I what I call maxims in Islam, and I'll, we'll put up a, an article of what is what are the maxims in Islam. There's certain things you have to accept, right? We have the five pillars, right? Um, you have the idea that uh, that I mean, just simple prim- principles like you know, one God, last prophet, you know, the all these different things. But there's also a context of behavior, and that's where Islam is really cool because it's very explicit of the, the, the construct of who you are and what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act. Yeah. If you editorialize like the other side does, right? So you have the other side, the guys that are the Islamophobes, the people that, that they, they, they cherry pick 
parts of the Quran and they say, oh, the Quran says this, therefore, you know, you're, you know, and it's like taking a piece of the, of the, of the Old Testament and saying, you know, when David was, you know, murdering Canaanites or something and saying, this is what, this is what Judaism or Christianity is all about. Um, and you, you have to, like you always say, it's, I got this from you. It's read on. You always say that read on. Right. And, uh, when it, and it comes to the Bible, so there's just, you can't just cherry pick. But in this case, I feel like it's such an off, it's such a strange thing to focus on, right? You're, you're, you're saying that, that the, that the religion is exceptional because of this rather than anything else. And that, that's, that's it's, it seems arbitrary. And yeah. that's one, two is it's so obscure. It, you know, I would rather see an article that say, listen, doomsday cults in Islam are not Islam. That that's very clear yeah, to me. Yeah. How about that? Doomsday cults in Islam are not Islam, or they claim to be Muslim are not Islam. And let me tell you why. Yeah. Uh, the prophet never did that. He never declared when was the, the end of times. Yeah. He and and that and the, and he did that purposefully and thoughtfully. And the, the reason why he did that is so that we all live cooperatively and thoughtfully with each other because. There, the, when the end of time, end of days come, and you always say this, the sun, right? Jesus doesn't know, right? Right? God didn't tell the sun. We, we so would say we if, would say something similar to uh, doomsday cults who arise within the Christian tradition and say, "Look, our own, the founder of our own faith, our our own God. We believe Jesus to be the Son of God and and to be uh, part of the part of the Godhead and part of the Trinity." Which I know you disagree, but taking that for for gospel truth. Uh, he himself said that neither the son uh, uh, nor the rest of us know the day or the hour that, that God's going to um, bring judgment on the world. It's going to come, but it's going to be like a thief in the night. And so for folks, you know, Christians who think they can predict and, and choose the day or even frankly the season or the era, uh, it's just ridiculous. Very un- well, I mean, it's, I, if- it's, you know, it's heresy. I mean, if I mean, if it was good, I mean, we just we just had a Passover, right? This week, yeah. It's Good Friday, so Easter. Easter, yeah. It's you know, after I, Holy Week. It's after the Holy, you know, and, and I mean, and this is this is the week of weeks, right? Jesus, well, last week, right? But Jesus was greeted as a king on Sunday. You know, it's your Palm Sunday. Thursday is betrayed. Friday he's murdered, and then Saturday, Sunday he's up, right? Isn't that isn't that how it rolls? Yeah. Here's a question. Rises in three days. If he was if he was murdered on Friday, it's two days later till Sunday. What happened? What's going on? <laughs> I think it's three calendar days, brother. Is it? Yeah. Right, I just want to make sure because I feel like there's a day missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're clocking it by, you know, 48 hours, yes. But no. Okay. I can't. Sundown on, uh, it's, you know, sundown on Sabbath and then on the third day. Okay, the third day. No, it's not. He's, he's so, not measuring. He's not measuring. Uh, I guess would it be seventy-two hours? Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I just. I just thought I'd ask. You know. I mean. I just wanted. So it's. Yeah, it's from the question. trial. Okay. Because it says in, it's always three days. Yeah. I, here's okay. Here's my here's my Easter. Here's my Easter. And it, and it is good. Jesus. Why, John? Why do we call it Good Friday on the day that Jesus died? Because he died for the sins, the lamb. That's right. You like that? Yeah, that's good. 
Listen, this is my very clean Jesus Easter joke. Okay. Jesus Easter Corona joke. So um, on on Sunday, they we looked at the the Corona deaths in Israel uh-huh. minus one. Yeah. Do you get it? Oh. It's minus one because he rose. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Uh, it's a stretch, but okay. I thought that was funny. My my uh, my Opus Day guy said that to me, and I told him, I don't understand it. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, I go, what do you mean minus one? He goes, I don't get it. I goes, he goes, think about it. I go, I don't know what we're talking about. What's the context? He goes, well, it's Easter. I go, oh, I get it. He rose. Jesus rose. I get it. I was like, that's a good one. Because <laughs> you don't have to think about it, but it's – I was like, I, I, that's pretty funny. I was like, I haven't heard a good Easter joke in a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Minus one. Minus one. All right. That's funny. Yeah. So I, I think I want to parse a difference here between, uh, what we're, what we've been discussing as religious exceptionalism and, uh, um, exclusivism. Right. Exclusive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, we're, we're, there's yeah. a difference here. I think in what we're talking about, even even though I know you're a, you're a pluralist and uh, aren't crazy about uh, um, exclusive claims, uh, I think there there's a difference between what we're talking about. Yes. Well, so, so like mean, so there's a difference. Know, so I would I would say I would make a claim of as Christianity as an ex, uh, as an exclusive religion because it it claims things about our faith that aren't true of other faiths, namely. Uh, who Jesus is and did and accomplished. Um, it's different than Judaism, than Islam, than Hinduism. That's it, it's 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 exclusive. However, what, what I wouldn't bundle with that is this idea that because we're Christian churches, that we can go worship together in five hundred, a thousand person uh, worship houses of worship, and be uh, exempt from <laughs> exempted from uh the coronavirus risk right those are two different things right. is well, that fair? yeah those are two di- yeah i think i i look a philosophical theological and and belief difference you know that 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 is completely different than believing that you're protected from harm from a specific thing right and yeah. we've all done it we've all said a prayer and we've all so you know you know Certainly we pray for that we have yeah. more protection. Yeah, yeah, certainly we pray for protection and, and all that um, for for our families, our churches and our communities. Yeah, sure. Of course, we, we pray for that. Uh, but we don't we don't flaunt or we don't buck, uh, you know, CDC recommendations about how to stop this pandemic. Well, and, and, and it's a judgment call, right? It's there's a point where you. Sure. You say. There is a point where you, where I think every person of faith will say, are the laws of God higher than the laws of man, right? So there's a point of that where, and, and I think that you come to that and, and on a specific instance that's, I would say, in an, in an extreme situation, right? Yeah. Where you would say, um, you know, do I do I pick up arms to defend my family in this case, even though I'm a person of peace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's, and you'd have to, that's a judgment call that you have to make, right? Yeah, every, everybody's but, making judgment calls um, down, down to the family level about, you know, going out in public and, 
you know, shoot, my wife and my brother-in-law are both medical professionals, right? So they they have to interact with the, the hospital space frequently. So yeah. we're, we're making I mean, trade-offs I, I, and judgment calls as a family to try to navigate those. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, that's one of those things where serving something larger than yourself, right, is, is important, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 and not only is it a profession, but you took an oath to yourself, to your community, to your job. And I think there's a, uh, you know, with knowing you uh, and knowing that I, I think I can say that I have an idea of who your family may or may not be from an identity standpoint, but there is also a commitment that they have to the Christian idea of service um, that, that, that is part of that decision making matrix. Um, you know, and, and I think that that makes that, that probably presses them into to say the complete opposite. I need to go and, and socialize with people because I made a commitment on all these different fronts, personally, professionally, religiously to help someone, um, which I think, you know, is, is something that's largely left out because there's two sides to the coin about exceptionalism, right? This idea that, I'm, I'm, I, 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 for some reason I, I, I am better, but then there's also where you're humbling yourself to put yourself in harm's way so that you can help some, somebody help, help a cause larger than yourself. And I think that's something that's usually lost with the Christian because you guys get hammered on, on all this other stuff, your beliefs and not doing. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think what I see in kind of my, my corner of the evangelical community are people, particularly at the church level, trying to adapt and you're trying to mitigate risk while still trying to serve others. Um, but I see that as, you know, that's different than, uh, you know, we're, we're not gathering together for Sunday morning services. Um, we're gathering, uh, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do a simulation of, of gathering electronically, but we're also still doing, uh, you know, assisting our community by delivering um, bagged meals. Um, for those who are, you know, less fortunate than ourselves. Um, that's uh, something that our Sunday school class did prior to the pandemic and something our church has taken on in mass um, at, a, at a broader scale, actually, during the pandemic, right? So we're still, we're still activating our faith in, in that kind of way. Um, but I think that's substantively different than saying, well, you know, we're because we're God's children uh, and we're faithful. Then we can gather on Sunday mornings, and uh, the pandemic we're going to be protected from the pandemic. Uh, those are two very different approaches. So what somebody said? Somebody told me because it was covered in the blood of Jesus, he was protected. I go, I don't. I was like, first of all, I don't care for your imagery. Let's just start with that. Okay, so I, 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 I part of our faith. One. You gotta hit. You gotta handle it. We, we don't have to get into it now. So my 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 uh, my grandmother was Catholic yeah. on my mother's side, and when she was dying, we had to go up to the bed, and we had to, you know, give her a kiss and everything, mm-hmm. and she had this hologram of Jesus. It's called the bleeding heart. Okay, and as you walked up, the heart exploded depending on the angle, because it was hologram, oh, freaked no. me out, man. Oh, Do you no. know what I'm talking about? I can I can envision it. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Was that like, it, a, it's, like a greeting card that did that? It was, I, I, you know, I don't know how to... It's, I can't, it's I'm not going to speak to, uh, you know, Catholic traditions in that respect, but... 
But we, you know, we in, in the in Protestant phase, we have songs that sing joylessly about the blood of the Lamb, uh, the, about the blood of Jesus, and you know. If you don't understand that, you come into a worship service and you're like, what in the world? We're singing well, this, joyfully about yeah. the blood. And, you know, we have to show scripture and kind of explain what we mean by that and what we don't mean by that. Um, you know, because of the practice of communion, the uh, the Romans, and the, during the era of the early church, I was just uh, being reminded of this uh, in some of my reading, uh, the early church, they, they called Christians, basically, they thought we were cannibals um, because of what they heard yeah. about the practice of communion, eating eating the blood of uh, body and blood of Christ, uh, which is symbolic um, in, a, in the Protestant tradition. Um, but, yeah. Well, the, this, you know, I, I just think the imagery is, it's, it's, you know, the PR is a little off, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I just say, like, you know, this. So I remember walking up, and the, it was just, it was it was Jesus. You know, like the bust of him on, uh-huh. on a postcard. Uh-huh. And as you walked up, the heart, the chest opened up and ex- like blew out. It was, it was, and if you, depending on the angle, he was just normal, and then all of a sudden it was bleeding. It was called. The, it, was, it was too much. I was like, oh my god, what's going on here? And <laughs> like. I was like, I guess it's comfort. You know, I talked to my mother about it and we were chatting about it. You know, you actually make fun of it. My mother goes, yeah, it's always was very, very disturbing. This is very disturbing. So I'll have to, we'll have to find the bleeding heart hologram and, uh, and, and see what's going on. But so, yeah, so the problem is, is that this is, this is one of the issues that creates, I think extremism on both sides is that you think that some, for some reason you're exempt from something that would it appears to I think the general public as being very very normal, right. um, not not assembling because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and then and then hitting back hard and saying no you don't get it um, it's you know because we're Christian it's our job to assemble as if it's not being Muslim right, right? Yeah, yeah. and then. Or Jewish, um, or, yeah. or, Jewish or, or Buddhist or anyway, to assemble is what we all want to do. You know, yeah. be, you know, religion is is being part of a community and having an identity and the, and the theology. I always say it's those three things and said and, and then saying, no, but somehow we're exempt and then covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm going, well, I don't even know what that even means. You know? Like, I don't. Well, they mean it as a, a form of, uh, of, of protection. Um, oh. of cleansing. Um, so, so I mean, the blood of Jesus. It, is that because that, of communion? It, is that because of the drinking of the, the wine? You're covered in the blood? No. What does um, it, what make the, what's the connection? Yeah, yeah sure. So the, 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 the thing with the blood um, and the sacrifice of Jesus did not originate uh, with the New Testament, with Jesus, right? So Jesus, uh, we believe, is the fulfillment of what we see being uh, started in the Old Testament, which is... Um, uh, an appropriate sacrifice for sin, right? And so you're right. moving. You're mo- we're moving from a sacrificial system, an animal sacrificial system in uh, in ancient Israel, um, to a once and for all right. sacrifice through Jesus. Yeah. Right? And so <clears throat> uh, much, so much like, so I think some of the some of the metaphor there uh, harkens back even uh, before Jesus's blood uh, and goes back to. Um, ancient Israel when they're um, enslaved to uh, Egypt and 
we go, you know, Pharaoh and the Egyptians experienced the plagues, right? And what did the what did the Jews do to protect themselves from the plagues? According to uh, the prophecy, oh, Passover, they did Passover, they right? Slay so they, a lamb, they, right? So they sacrificed a lamb and they painted painted the doorway, the doors, with the blood of the lamb, yeah. and so their firstborns were protected. Uh, or their you know, mm-hmm. their their households were protected from otherwise the plagues that were uh, going. So the uh, phraseology. So you're saying the phraseology comes from a a lineage of protection from blood from sacrifice, yeah. and that the connection is instead of the lamb being sacrificed. Well, oh, Jesus is the lamb. We know that. So the, the, we're not going to get. So Jesus' blood is covering you as because of his sacrifice. Therefore, you're protected. Right. Okay. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, we, I believe, you know, in the reformed Protestant tradition that, that the blood of the lamb is, it's a sacrificial, it's a, it's a salvation thing. It's a, it's an eternal salvation, uh, salvation. It's not necessarily, uh, or even prim- certainly not primarily, um, salvation from the brokenness of this world. Right. Um, right. now I think, so, so, I, mean, I, by I that, think there are lessons by to, that. to be learned. I, I think, you know, Christians, you know, the Christian faith properly understood. And I think we, uh, even if we're not, you know, don't pretend to be immune from pandemics and viruses and all other illnesses. Um, I think there's an extension of the blood of the lamb that does go to like how we care for one another and how we view our own, uh, sufferings. Um, but there's no, nothing about it would make me say, Hey, it means we're exempt and we're going to be, uh, immune from, well, uh, from, from an inter, my argument was virus. where does it end? Yeah. If the if Jesus's blood is protecting you from everything, yeah. we, we, well then what do we? Well yeah. Why I mean, even work? Because the yeah. blood of Jesus protects you from making a living. You could just the money's going to come out of the sky. Them you know. Yeah. I go you know so. Well you're you're exactly you right. Do it. Some of this some of that thinking kind of it flirts with or does it, or maybe even comes directly from what we call prosperity gospel. Uh, prosperity gospel is typically assumed with you know being faithful and and uber spiritual and religious and therefore you'll be blessed with uh, monetary and, and you know material gain um, but that that can eat that that ethos is easily extended to other areas of life beyond just um, material wealth you know it could be material well, health there, right i mean you get there's a whole faith healing mov- movement well there was this there was this there was this there's this muslim that got online and they call it um I don't know. It was. It was. He turned around. and said, "Well, I'm not. I'm immune from from Corona because I'm I'm Muslim." And this happened internally. So then another Muslim goes, "He's not a good Muslim. I can tell. He doesn't pray five times a day. If you're prayed five times a day and you're a good Muslim, you will be protected from Corona." So even internally, even this one guy was saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm Muslim, so I'm fine." And this other Muslim, this other guy goes, "Well." I, He's not a good Muslim, therefore he's not protected like other good like because if you work, all good Muslims will be protected. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was just really, just really funny because it's like the same argument. He's denying that his argument is valid, but then saying his is because of 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 you know righteousness, and you know where that goes. So it might sound like I'm cutting John off here. It's true. I'm cutting John off uh, for the sake of time, and uh, we will continue this conversation on the next episode of Crossing Phase. We were about to wrap it up here, but we got on another topic that ended up being a full show. Uh, So we hope you'll listen next time at crossingphase.com.
This has been Crossing Phase with Matt Hawkins and John Penna, a podcast of Roll Top Productions. If you like what you hear and would like to help defray the cost of the show, consider sponsoring us on Patreon by visiting crossingphase.com. Crossing Phase is available on all your favorite podcast outlets, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. We'd appreciate your review of our program, especially in the iTunes store. Let us know what you think of the show via Twitter at mthawk, at jtpinna, or at Crossing Phase. Music for this episode is courtesy Vajra, whose music is available at thevajratemple.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Show notes for this episode and more are available at crossingfaith.com.